Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with each and every one of you all. I want to just take the time to just to welcome all our listeners, uh, wherever you're tuning in from, whatever part of the country you're tuning in from. We are so grateful that you're taking out of your time to join us on now our 24th podcast. And uh, just to make a quick announcement, this is actually going to be our last uh, podcast concerning the series that began 24 days 24 days ago, uh, the series on coronavirus uh, Passover 2020. And uh, we have been going through a journey as the Lord has been showing us through all these stories uh, and answering the questions of where we're at and where we're heading. And it's 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 uh it's it's the end of this series. Doesn't mean we're not going to come back. We'll be back at a future date as the Lord prompts us again as we see things develop. But I don't think it's a coincidence that we are just a day before uh, Resurrection Sunday, which is tomorrow, that the Lord will have us to to close our series. And I am excited about what the Lord has for us today and in the future. And so it's been a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure uh, to be with our panel, with Brother Fernando, to share with you, Brother Jeremiah, to share with uh, Brother Marty the Word of God. And uh, today I'm excited about what we're going to be studying today. So I ask you to please uh, keep us in your prayers and, and really take the time to reflect on what has been said. And that means if you need to go back and listen to some of these podcasts, I think it will do good. It's it's almost like a crash course that we've had, but it's been so informative, and I believe easy to understand to those that are that are hungry for the Word of God. So continue to share these 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 podcasts will continue on our website. We also have them on iTunes. Uh, we also have them on Facebook, and uh, and other and other platforms. Um, that, that we have him on, and uh, be praying, and I know as the Lord leads us, we'll be back with you, but uh, I'll leave it here with Brother Marty, and, uh, and again, it's good to be with each and every one of you. Praise hey, Marty. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's been an honor, brethren, to be with you these last 24 days. Uh, what really started out as just a day we wanted to kind of kind of vent you know, what we sensed in our spirit, uh, the very first podcast, first and second podcast, as what what actually came upon the United States, you know, uh, I mean, and, and the whole world, it was very shaking and very jarring. And, and uh, but that was the spirit of the Lord, because it was from there that we, you know, we began these series of podcasts, which have now, you know, led to the last 24 days. And it brings us to today, you know, and, and so we're going to be concluding our podcast in this series as we as we go tomorrow to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord on Easter Sunday I encourage you to be with your families to take time to celebrate that day remember you don't have to go to a church that is a church building to celebrate it is almost as if that's what the Lord has been trying to tell us in the in the shutting down of the churches it's like you know this isn't what it's all about it's never been about buildings never been about building kingdoms of your own it's never been about big ministries large crowds bright lights on and on and on it's always been about humble people 
grateful that they've been born again, gathering together around the presence of the Lord and his gospel and simply sharing with one another the faith and the earnest expectation of of his soon return. And so tomorrow, take that time to, to celebrate being the church. It is as if we have been returned to the book of Acts, right? I mean, we, we in the book of Acts, that's how the church began in people's houses, man. And so it's, it's really symbolic, you know, but we conclude these, these podcasts today, not that, that we're not going to come back. We will uh, as the Lord leads and, and, and we'll let you know, but I think you have over 24 plus hours that you can go back and listen to. And I think they'll be just as relevant going forth um, as they have been, I believe by the spirit of God, humbly, I say, um, as they have been up until this day. So for now, this is our last podcast, but we're rejoicing. You know, there is almost a melancholy in my spirit too, you know, because I have really felt drawn close in fellowship to you, my brothers, and, and, and to the unseen listening audience out there. As we went along, we were able to hear, right? We we know that people are listening. And, uh, and we've had comments and emails and text messages and on and on and on, phone calls. So we, we pray that it's been an encouragement to you and, and it's been our endeavor to do our best uh, to bring to you what we believe the Lord has been revealing and uh, what he's been giving to us by the Holy Spirit. But we think now that it's 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 time to reflect on what's been said. It's time to prepare. And, and I think it's time to, to really begin to pray and seek the Lord over what's coming. So like I said, tomorrow we celebrate the resurrection. And, and we need to consider that, that it's a unique time in the history of the church, especially in this country. I cannot remember a time in the history of the United States. I might be wrong, but I highly doubt it. But including the whole world, when... Uh, when when America and the world's churches are shut on Easter Sunday, literally shut, closed down. Right, right, right. But we think, I think, and and I know you brothers believe that there's a spiritual purpose behind this. That God has been telling us over these last 24 days, uh, as in our little part that we've been playing, that there is a spiritual purpose behind all this. And 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 like we've said, you know, it, it's. It's it, it's it's about to redefine what direction that we're going to be heading in in the coming days. I think the whole purpose of this shutdown, as it relates to the church, now I'm talking about the church, is is so that what will emerge out of this, and we're going to emerge, but it's going to redefine. It's it's redefining. It's repositioning the direction that we're going to be headed in in the next several uh, months and 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 several years ahead. And and like Brother Fernando said yesterday, uh, you know, when we were discussing the, the Last Supper, I believe this is our upper room moment. I believe this is the moment yes. where where we have been taken to the upper room by the Spirit of God. We have been shut away with the Spirit of God, and we have been receiving divine instruction from the Spirit of God. And so, with that in mind, you know, I want to. I want to go back and look again at what the what the Lord has been revealing to us in this Passover, this Easter season. And if you have your Bibles, we'd encourage you to to turn with us again. We're going to re, re, return to John chapter 12 to start with, and beginning with verse uh, 28. Um, we have, I, I'm sorry, John chapter 13. John chapter 13, beginning with verse 28. Now, let me just set the scene a little bit here. We've been talking about the Last Supper and, and the things that were taking place there. 
and remember, we're leaving you with these thoughts because what we're going to give you today, I believe, is what we sense the Spirit of God is saying, what we need to be looking forward to, and and that you'll remember uh, what the Lord has been telling us when they begin to come to pass because we believe this is what you're going to see. And we see the same pattern, the same types of events that unfolded in the very first Last Supper and the very first Passover that Jesus, I mean, the last Passover that Jesus celebrated, we've begun to glean things by the Spirit that could very well be, um, you know, uh, uh, inspiration of the Spirit as to those who can hear and see as to what is just ahead of us. So in John chapter 13, verse 28, we're given the account that after Judas eats the bread that Jesus gives him, we're told that Satan enters into him. And and once Satan enters into him, the Lord tells him to leave the upper room and to go do what he's going to do, which we know is his betrayal, which will result in the Lord being arrested, uh, put on trial, and, and, and ultimately crucified. And And so when Judas leaves the room, Something is said by John when he writes in his gospel that's very interesting because it says in verse 28, chapter 12, verse I mean 13, verse 28, it says, Now no man at the table knew what intent he was speaking to Judas like this. For some of them thought because Judas had the, the bag, he was the treasurer, that Jesus had said to him, uh, go buy those things which we have need of against the feast. Or maybe he was on his way to give something to the poor. And so Judas goes out into the night. And and what we were pointing out yesterday is this shows that while Judas is on his way in the night uh, to go do what he's going to do, which is completely betray the Lord, it shows us that the apostles who, who John records didn't have any idea what he was going to do, that they had no clue what was really taking place and what was really right. about to happen, right? And and so what we were saying yesterday is that's a lot like it is right now, because most mm. don't really yet realize that everything is right. about to change. Right? You want to come in a little right. on that, Pastor, Pastor Fernando? No, that's that, that's a good good point. I, I, I hadn't seen that, but that's exactly the best way to describe what you're saying. It's uh, everything is going to be redefined, and few understand it but for the most part most don't but uh what you said there uh concerning judas he was soon to find out his fate and his and, and the decision he had already made right but, yes but that, that's yes. a good point and another point too that you see is that it says now no man at the table well who were the people at the table were the disciples the they preacher. could not discern the preachers they could not right. discern exactly what was the intent in which he spoke about that and like you said you hit it right on the dot right there you said this is exactly what's going on this was at the eve of his crucifixion they they could not discern where they were heading to what was about to happen and yet we see included in john's uh you know gospel there over in uh in verse uh, let's take a look at oh, verse 23 of chapter 13 verse 23 we see this included it says, now there was leaning on Jesus's uh, bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, right? And it says, Simon mm -hmm. Peter therefore beckoned to him and said, who is it that's going to betray you? Betray him, ask him. And then verse 25 says, he then lying on Jesus's breast said to him, Lord, who is it? And then the Lord 
tells him, whoever I give this piece of bread to, that's the one that's going to betray me. So we read that knowing this. Well, in verse 28, the men at the table, most of the men at the table didn't know what was going on. Yet we see a hint here that there is the disciple whom Jesus loved. It was revealed to him in this moment who it was and what was going on. He heard what Jesus told uh, Judas. He said, you go out and do what you got to do quickly. So John knew. John had revealed to him who this wicked one was, who this betrayer was. He knew, but then he points out how the others at the table didn't. No man at the table knew why he was sending him out. But John knew because Jesus gave him specific revelation as to what was about to transpire. And so it is now. The majority within the confines of the church, especially in the United States, because that's what we're dealing with, have no idea what is actually taking place right now. But there are those who walks, have been attempting to walk close with the Lord, and, and, and that's what we see in John laying his head on Jesus' you know, breast, his chest, so overcome and so intimate with the Lord that it is revealed to him what's actually happening. And I believe there are many, many people out there who love the Lord, who've been walking with the Lord, who've been spending time with God. There is a sense within their own hearts. They are like the disciple that Jesus loved at this time, and they are having revealed to them something much more sinister is taking place as Judas goes out into the night. So you have two classes of people. Most who don't know yet realize what's about to change, that everything's about to change. But John knew. And, and, and that is a foreshadow of the end-time church. Jesus is revealing by his Holy Spirit exactly what he's doing. We talked about uh, Abraham earlier in our podcast, two or three podcasts ago, and how just before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, that God came and revealed to Abraham two things. One, he said, at this time next year, Sarah's going to bring forth Isaac, right? Isaac's going to be born. Isaac's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. But also he reveals to him that something else is about to happen. And he says, shall I not reveal that thing which, which, uh, you know, which I'm about to do to my servant Abraham? Knowing this, that he is a man who's going to teach his children about me, to serve me and to follow me, so forth and so on. So we see even in the Abrahamic story, just prior to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, by the way, for the purposes so that Abraham would begin to pray for his, his nephew Lot, remember he was in Sodom? That ought to be an encouragement to right. you guys right now. One of the things that we're going to need to be doing right now, especially as the Spirit of God is revealing to us that we're headed into terrible times, we're headed into the tribulation quite quite possible. And that's what we see by the by the fact that John uses the language that Judas goes out into the night. Night always representing foreboding, judgment, darkness, tribulation. It is quite possible that we are on the doorstep, on the threshold of those tribulation days, at least, like we've been saying, the beginning of sorrows. So Abraham had revealed to him specifically before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, which represents the ungodly world, that that judgment was coming. And it was revealed to Abraham in a Passover season, by the way, as we've talked about at length. Go back and listen to the other podcast. And so it's being revealed to those right now who love the Lord and who are close to him. 
he is going to reveal to you as he already has begun to reveal to us and to all of us really what is taking place out in the dark while we're shutting our houses up here there's something going on out there and and god is revealing it to his church just as he revealed it to Abraham for the express purpose he revealed to Abraham so that Abraham could begin to intercede, could begin to pray, could begin to ask God to spare uh, the city, even if there was 10 righteous in it, right? But his prayers specifically were the reason that the angels went and took Lot out of the city before it was destroyed. And that should be something that we should look at and, and those of you listening should draw encouragement from that you have loved ones and you worry about them. But God is revealing to you what's actually taking place right now. You sense in your heart a foreboding of what is ahead in the next several months and years. And you worry about your loved ones. But it's God who's placed that worry in you so that you do not fear but like Father Abraham began to intercede and to pray for them. And we have his promise by the scripture that in so doing, we will see if he has to, he's going to send an angel to get them out of that mess. Not because they're great or holy or anything like that, but because he loves you and because he will do it in honor of your prayers and intercessions because you love his son. And that is something that we need to, to, to encourage you with, that this is an opportunity now, especially as we see the day approaching, that we need to begin to pray and believe God for everyone that we love, everyone that has ever come up in our mind, whoever, man, because trust me, the alternative is not something that we ever want for anyone that we love or anyone that we know. And so it was revealed to John, but for the most part, they had no idea what was coming. And it's just like that right now. See, brothers and sisters, the evil powers that be, they're, they're working feverishly right now. They're attempting to bring about an evil plan. Right. You know, we were talking to this before the broadcast, uh, Pastor Jeremy and I, and we were saying, look, um, there has never been and there might never be in the minds of, of the wicked rulers of this world an opportunity to further their globalist agenda than they have right now. If they let this opportunity go by, it'll be a long time before it happens again. And so I guarantee you that like the disciples who didn't realize what was actually taking place out there, what Judas was actually out there doing, so there are many in the church house today, especially amongst the leadership, that really have no clue that everything is about to be changed. Everything's being worked on right now. And there is an evil plan, in my opinion, that is that is behind the scenes being put into motion. But really, it's always been foretold by the holy prophets from the ancient times, right? right? We've always been told that this that an event was going to take place where where God's people were going to have to be students of the scripture and they would be alerted. Remember. When Judas goes out into the night and begins to do his thing, it's then that the Lord begins to transition his message to them. The Lord begins to reveal to them, uh, uh, to those that are that are left in the room with him, that a transition is going to take place and that he's going to he's going to he's going to leave. He's going to be taken from them. Remember, his his Gethsemane is ahead. His trial, Calvary is ahead. Now remember also. That the message that he begins to bring forth is that he has to go away. 
he, he's always been telling them that, but it's almost as if they didn't want to hear it or they couldn't hear it because their theology, yeah, yeah. their doctrine, right? You want to comment right. on that? No, no, go, go ahead. Okay. It's like their theology, their doctrine up until that point had told them that when the Messiah was going to come, he was going to institute the kingdom of heaven on earth right now. And so when when all of these events began to transpire, it began to shake them. As he begins to tell them, I have to die. I have to go to a Calvary. I have to give up my life. But on the third day, I'll rise again. And they didn't get it. They never got it because they had been so schooled in another direction. And like Brother Fernando said yesterday, it wasn't that he wasn't going to be the king. It's just their understanding of the timing of it was off mm -hmm. right that's what you said yesterday their understanding of the timing of it just as we see today the understanding right. of actually transpiring is not gelling with with what has been the predominant pentecostal hyper charismatic eschatology a bunch of fancy words for end time stuff it, it flies in the face of it and if they'll be honest They've been telling people the kind of event that's happening right now under up under this pandemic, we should never be going through. We should have been mm -hmm. gone by now, right? But we're not. We're still here. So they're trying to do a tap dance around it. I've heard some preachers that I really love start talking right. about it. You know, I really love them, but they're, 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 they hold to a particular belief system <laughs> as it pertains to 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 being uh to being taken off the planet right uh and they're beginning to like skirt around the issue trying to figure out how am i going to explain this and i've heard them they start talking about this scripture and that scripture trying to say well you know may, maybe this is just you know uh, just a sickness or a disease that was foretold no 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 this is a global pandemic that has shut the whole world down at a Passover season, and all the churches are shut across the planet the first time that's ever happened in, 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 that I can see in history, ever. And so it's more than just, you know, a sign here and a sign there. This is a big thing. Brother and, Marty. And, and, go ahead. I was just going to say there's a reluctance in the people to really uh, see the urgency of it. and. You mentioned the beginning about Abraham when the angels came to warn them about the destruction that came that was coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And remember, yeah. Lot, mm. literally, he was so reluctant, hard-headed, the angels literally had to pull him. And even at that, he says, I can't go all the way to the mountain where you're asking me to go. Can I go into this city? I mean, you could just tell the reluctance in his heart that he, he, he couldn't see it. Yes. His heart was in Sodom and Gomorrah, like his wife. And here the angels, the angels of God were right there telling him, warning, let's, we got to go now, not tomorrow, not later, right? They literally have to pull him out. You know, and, and that's, <laughs> uh, and I compare yeah. that, right, to, to what's yeah. going on no, today. That's actually, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And, and, and yet, you know, and, and the Lord told us to, to pay attention to that, right? Brother Fernando, I think you right. mentioned it a, a week ago or so where you said he talked about the days of Noah, the days of Lot. He said it'll be right. just like the days of Lot. And and like Brother Jeremy, you just pointed out, so 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 excellent. You know, he literally had to be forced out of his thought process. He had to literally be grabbed and taken out of the city because because uh, <laughs> because of his father Abraham's prayers, right? Uncle Abraham's yes. prayers. 
you know, so that that's why we were saying here's the encouragement, right? We believe we're we're on the brink of these kinds of events taking place. And so those of you who have those loved ones, and we all do, and, and friends that we care about, so forth and so on, and acquaintances and, and, and the like, and even the backslidden, you know, hyper people that we know who've lost their way and have gone off into a spirit that really isn't the spirit of the Lord, they're deceived. We need to pray for these people so that the angels of God, if, if necessary, go grab them and take them out of this mess before they be consumed with the rest of the city. Now, it's a message that Jesus began to reveal all throughout his ministry, and yet it was a message that was rejected. It was a message that was 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 an anathema to them. They, they just couldn't understand it. It, it. His message was, I have Gethsemane. I have a trial. I have a cross. Right? That right. that I have to fulfill. And and in essence, his appearance when he appeared, it was rejected. Not only the message was rejected and resisted by his apostles because they, they didn't want anything bad to happen to him, but they still didn't even understand what he actually meant and what he was doing, just as, as they don't understand now. Because what's being revealed in the upper room experience that we're taking place, uh, are, are going through right now, I'm talking about the upper room of the Last Supper, not the upper room of Pentecost. But the upper room of the Last Supper, Jesus begins to reveal to them that he's going away, that he's going to have to suffer and die. And it's something they they resisted. All along the way, the, the ruling religious, the elite establishment of his day, of Judaism, they rejected him and his message. And, and they became, in effect, like a foreshadow of the false church which will which which I believe is going to emerge out of this pandemic out of this passover in our time if you can see it mm-hmm. because when they come out of that upper room they they've already it was actually what we were talking about earlier remember the lazarus effect those of you who go back and listen starting with podcast 8 we began to talk about the sickness that came and the Lazarus effect and a, and a separation that would occur so forth and so on. So when Judas goes out into the night, he's going to join himself to an already fallen religious establishment. And they are, in effect, a foreshadow, even though it's a historical truth. It is the beginning from the end uh, lens that we're talking about, the prophetic lens here. It is a representation of what the book of Revelation, and you guys can study it on your own uh, in Revelation 13. Those of you that, that, that know it, go back and review it and see that is exactly what begins to emerge in the last days, is a meshing of a, of a pseudo-spiritual, Christian, ecumenical-type global spirituality merging with a global economic and global political and military system and that the two combined become the very forces that come against the children of the most high god in the last day and we see that taking place in that the religious establishment of jesus's day rejected his message of suffering they rejected his message of calvary they rejected his authority over them. As he gave that parable, he said in that parable where he talked about sending servants to warn them and to hope that, you know, those that were taking care of the field, right? And they reject every one of them. They beat them up. They kill some of them. And then it says in his parable, he said, I'll send my, my only son. Surely they'll respect him. They knew he was talking about them. And yet they rejected him. And so it left no recourse but to empty out their soul 
to become a vacant vessel that would be filled with satanic power energized to crucify the Lord. And we will see the same thing replayed in our day. Listen, they became in effect a foreshadow of the false church. But the, and so while Judas is out doing this, and what we're trying to say is understand great spiritual warfare is taking place right now. We're under lockdown, but don't make any mistake about it. There is a whole bunch of events going on behind the scenes, beyond the veil, draw the curtain back, see by the spirit if you can what they're attempting to do. And if it is the timing of the Lord, and we believe that it is, they're going to be able to do it. And this is why the Lord transitions in John 13, 33 and 34. You guys can read it on your own. We went over it yesterday. Let me say this, Brother Marty. The the same political and religious spirit that merged in Jesus' day to kill him and those who followed him because they tried to kill Lazarus as well. Um, it's the same political and religious spirit that is forming and merging today that ultimately seeks to kill Jesus and remove him from everything in society. Yes. They're trying to, they're trying to, to push this agenda. I mean, they've been doing it for years in front of our eyes. And that's why the church is so upset. So what do we do? We we got behind a political power. Uh, we got behind the, the right wingers, right, and, and thinking that that's going to 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 hold this thing back. No, this is much bigger than politics. Yeah. This is, this is this is the spirit of the age. The Apostle Paul said this in his day, some two thousand years ago. The spirit of iniquity does already work. It's been in yeah. the works. Yes, it's, it's 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 manifesting itself in our day with this global pandemic, right? Yes. And th- and like you said, uh, there, there's a dividing line. There's there's going to be a body, right? Christ's body, yes. Christ's church, that He's indwelling in. But there's also going to be a body, if you want to call it a false church, in which Satan will indwell in, his spirit. That's what we're seeing here. That's that. This is how. You know, it's heavy stuff, but this is exactly what's happening if you have eyes to see. It's what took place in the beginning 2,000 years ago is taking place again in our day. And this is what we see uh, that will come. um, I'm talking about soon. As soon as this thing is over, I don't know how long it's going to take, but this is what's what's forming before our very own eyes um, if we have eyes to see. Yeah, brother, and they're already beginning to tell us because that's how they talk. They they, they float little trial uh, balloons out there with statements they make to see what the reaction will be. But the spirit of the age over the last 20, 30 years has so conditioned Western society with its vaunted technology and all its distractions. It has desensitized people to the point that they blindly will follow the rule or the dictate of the powers that be if it's presented to them as for their own good they don't even question it and neither do they realize what they're being told you know when you talk about a global vaccination program you're talking about right and you're talking about a mandatory thing and when you're talking about digital certificates being the 
the currency of participation in society coming out of this, those are red flags to those who understand prophecy because they are precursors, if not, you know, the very step in which they will begin to delineate those who will go along to get along and those who will be rounded up in FEMA camps. Ah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, but basically, oh, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, the, 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 the head of the CDC the other day said, he said, because when they asked him, the head of the CDC, the Centers of Disease Control, he said, they asked him, they said, okay, how are we going to open up the economy again? And he says, well, what we're going to probably have to do is issue digital health certificates. And we're going to have to test the population and we're going to have to test those that have the antibodies present in their system, which legitimizes them as being people who either had the virus or who had it and overcame it. And so they're no longer infectious. And then he said, what we're going to do is allow those people with the identifying digital certificate to go back to work. And he says there'll be a segment of the population who will be resistant at first, but if they're tested and found to be uh, people who have the virus, uh, then they will have the option of taking the vaccine, which is yet to be in production probably a year and a half from now or more. And he says, we'll have to put them, and I quote his words, in long-term care facilities. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then and, okay, so tra- that's, that's government speak for internment camps if you ask me <laughs> i right, mean right. this is you know and you say well that could never happen in america oh really do you not know your history in 1941 on december 6 1941 december 7 1941 when the when the japanese attacked pearl harbor and and for all intents and purposes drew the united states into world war ii the the, the most the most horrible thing that happened and the most fearful thing that happened to me when i look back on it is that they began to round up all the good decent japanese american citizens simply because they were japanese and they be, and they put them in camps out there in the in the in, in 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 the high deserts of california they put them in those internment camps out there and they kept them there for the duration of the war simply because they were japanese but some of them were in the army. Some of them were in the Marines. I mean, these were good citizens we're talking about. So if you don't think that a government would do such a thing, then go back and study your history because that's exactly what they've done, and they've done it before. And 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 that's what they're saying by this political speech. So what's the point? The point is this, is that there is much going on behind the scenes to the undiscerning, they're just simply going to follow along, just like the apostles in the upper room had no clue what was going on when Judas was out there shaping events in order to get the Lord and his disciples as soon as they emerged into the public spaces, right? So Jesus begins to transition, right? And that's why he begins to warn them that I'm going away. And they begin to just freak out because really what he's telling them is there's coming a momentary time in this Gethsemane, in my trial, in my Calvary experience just ahead of me, where it's where where you're gonna feel completely abandoned by me. But he says, that's not the case. I'm going to come back for you. But where I'm going right now, you can't go, but you are going to go afterward. And we go back and listen to the podcast of yesterday and we explain that. But my point in this, in saying this, is that what he begins to tell them 
is that you're going to need to love one another as I have loved you. That our hope is going to be in the fellowship of the brethren. You're going to need each other. We're going to need each other in this time at a, 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 in a depth and a greater measure than we ever have before. We're going to need to collate. We're going to need to fellowship with like-minded believers. I'm not talking about those fake megachurch, hyper-charismatic loony bins, because they won't have any idea what you're talking about. As a matter of fact, if they don't repent and, and get a clue and truly get saved, they will become your enemy in the not-too-distant future. Now, yeah. in, 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 in verse 36, it's this very message we're talking about that causes Peter, like we talked about, to just freak out. And he's like, where are you going? So the upper room, the Last Supper, Passover message, whatever you want to call it, it's at first something that he can't handle. And like we said, it doesn't fit with his doctrine. He says, where are you going? But then it's revealed to him, right, that he's going to fall because he begins to boast and say, I'll never deny you. I'll go to death with you if, if that's the case. And, and, and the Lord says, no. And really, he's not rebuking him. He's basically revealing to him, you don't get it, Peter. The intensity of the spirit warfare that's about to take place is going to cause you to deny that you even know me. He's going to fall mm. because because of it, he's going to fall. And, and yet he's covered uh, by by the prayers of the Lord. His fall is different right. than Judas's fall. Judas right. goes and, and betrays the Lord, his fall is because he becomes so disillusioned that he begins to question everything. And in that questioning, he becomes self-aware instead of God-aware, right? He becomes self-aware. Mm. And the only thing he knows how to do is preserve his own life because that's all he's got left. And that's what it's going to feel like to some people. When the reality of my church attendance gives way to the reality of the prophetic unfolding of what the book of Revelation says, the heat of that, the intensity of that, which is already building, although they're in the upper room at the last level, covered by the presence of the Lord, once they leave that and have to come back out of this Passover time into the night, is where the rubber meets the road, because he takes them to Gethsemane. And we spoke about Gethsemane yesterday, right? And, and it's important to look at something else, and I want to show you this, uh, that happened in Gethsemane. We talked about Gethsemane at length yesterday. But I want to draw you to your attention to this. Go back to John chapter 18, and we're going to look at this. John chapter 18. Because something is said there that's really interesting, and this happened in Gethsemane. Are you there? Yes. Yeah. John 18.10. John 18, Listen, it's important to look at this because it is a foreshadow of what we see happening now in the same time, at the same festival. It says in verse 10, it says, uh, after Judas comes to arrest the Lord, right? It says in verse 10 that Simon Peter, having a sword, he draws it out and he attempts to smite the high priest's servant. And, and I guess as he was ducking, he ends up cutting off his ear. The name of the servant was Malchus, right? So, this this is really interesting because the Lord had just revealed to him, this is the road that we must take. And yet, he reminds me of those preachers that we see today, right? 
the bluster of of those who who don't understand yet it's 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 like this that happened in in the garden peter rises up and 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 right now and tomorrow there's going to be leaders who will defy the events of the day right jesus told him don't do this you know there's a i'm going to gethsemane we're going to trial we're going to calvary this is an unfolding prophetic event and the and there's there's leaders right now who are resisting it because they can't discern it and they're going to defy or try to defy the event, what's happening in a misguided, undiscerning way, right? They're going to pull out the sword, and they're going to use the word as a protest to resist what we already see transpiring. We've already seen that, right? We've seen them, like, take out the sword and try to fight against wow. the shutdown. That's what Peter did, that's a, that's right? A, that's a powerful statement, it's- to use the word against what's happening. Incredible. Isn't that what he did? Because remember, the word is very symbolic, yeah. right? Having a sword. We know that, that the sword is, is symbolic of the word of God, right? And so, right. so, right, there's many who don't understand, like Peter didn't understand in the garden. Right now and, 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 and in the coming days, there are going to be leaders who will try and define events as they un- unfold, just like this event that has shut the churches, and they're so freaked out because we're going to go have church anyway, right? But right. what they don't realize is they, they are actually fighting against what is an unfolding prophetic event, just like Peter did. He fought against a prophetic event in his undiscerning way. And what was the Lord's response? What did he tell him when he did that? It's verse 11, right? He says, put up your sword, right? And what does he say? He said, shall I not uh, drink the cup? This is what the Lord does in response to what Peter does. He says, quit acting this way. And this is what we're telling Mm -hmm. you preachers out there. Quit couching yourself in some undiscerning fake nobility as if you're going to prevent what's actually happening, if you do so, you're actually going to run up against fighting against the very prophetic events that have been foretold in the scriptures. And we're told by the Lord to his disciples back then, just as he's revealed them to his people now in his word. The pattern is there. Right. And so he says, right? And he says, put the sword away. Stop interfering. That's what he's saying to the preacher. Yes. Stop interfering with what I'm trying to do. I, am I going to yeah. let this cup pass for me? That's Stop exactly what he says. And, and so instead of, instead of like saying, Oh, Peter, man, you know, I, I just thought you'd run away, you know, good on you, man. I mean, at least you're showing some effort. No, he corrects him immediately and says, put it away. You're fighting against prophecy here. And a lot of these mm-hmm. preachers, because they're undiscerning are fighting against prophetic events right now. And so the Lord poses that question, just like Brother Jeremy, uh, Pastor Jeremy just said, and he's asking the church now the same question he asked Peter. The cup which my father has given me, shall not I drink it? This is the same question that is going to be and is being posed to the church right now and in the near future. Understand this, brother. It's my opinion. The American church sealed its fate 
that is the ruling of class, the, 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 the religious elite, the, the leading leaders in the religious right movement, the evangelical movement, they began to join themselves to political power. They were making the same mistake. We have been making the same mistakes now that they made back then. They attempted to usurp prophetic events by joining themselves to a political agenda. They wanted to make Jesus their earthly, natural king, completely undiscerning the unfolding depths of the prophetic plan of the Father himself. The American church, in my opinion, has sealed its fate. I'm talking about the r ruling religious class, the, the Copelands, the, the Paula Whites, the, the Maldonados, the Samuel Rodriguez's, uh, just go down the list, the denominational world and all the highfalutin leaders in the church system, all up in the White House. Yeah. Trying to join themselves with political power, trying to bring about the kingdom now on earth, an earthly kingdom. But remember, we warn you that what did they end up saying? What did they end up saying in that time when they brought Jesus to trial? When he said, shall I kill your king? He, they said what? We have, we no, have king no king right. but Caesar, right? Mm. It's inevitable. You cannot walk in the system. Mm. It's a That's fallacy. Right. It'll corrupt you. There is no purity. You weren't called to be the next uh, evangelist governor from the state of Maryland. Give me a break or <laughs> whatever, know. right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen, uh, remember, Pontius Pilate, right? He had the power to release the Lord. Did he? <laughs> no. And so, brothers, I'm just saying, let it be a warning to you, to me, to all the preachers out there. And those of you who have set your sight on merging your evangelical message with the political power of the day and the systems of men and devils, because that's really what it is, in the end, they're going to give you over to be crucified too, and they will wash their hands just like Pilate washed his hands concerning the Lord. You put your trust in them, and that's what's going to happen. Calvary had to be, brothers. And no matter what they try to do, they are not going to prevent what the book of Revelation says is ahead, what the Lord warned us in Matthew 24, 25, 26, what the Lord told us in Luke 21, Luke 17, Mark 13, throughout the prophets of the old and throughout all the epistles, what he said was coming is upon us. And how you adjust to this will determine where you end up and on what side you fall. The glorious church or the false church? Rome is a lie. Washington, D.C. is a lie. All of it's a lie and a great deception. Remember, all who obey the Lord will have to follow the Lord. Just as he was called by his father, right, to go to Calvary. Only the Lord Jesus could do such a thing in order to bring about the Father's will. But only the Lord's children in these last days, we have a fellowship yet to enter into. 
That is what we're headed to. This is where we where we kind of come to now, right? Because because what we're going to be asked to do is to say like the Lord said on Calvary, right? When he came to the conclusion of his cross, what did he say? And it's what we're going to have to ask ourselves. Are we willing to say this too in these times that are just ahead? Like the Lord said, he said, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. That's the last thing he said, brother, from his cross. Into thy hands, I commend my spirit into the Father's hands. And, you know, it's always been the only path to eternal life. But remember, a third day is coming, right? Because like early in the morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. See, there is no other way. It's always been this way. And in the perfect symmetry of the purposed will of God, where all justice and mercy and, 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 and execution of his will had to be perfectly balanced from eternity past for what he's bringing about. Everything that he did was, did was perfectly symmetrical, perfectly balanced. He could not exercise his omnipotence in a direction or his omnipresence or his omniscience in a direction simply because he was God and then legitimize what he's doing based on his ability to do anything. That is not his quality. That is not his character. He does everything perfect, decent, in order, and perfectly balanced. And those who understand that receive what we're saying, not with a dread or a fear or a sense of, wow, this is way too heavy, but their spirit responds because God has set eternity in the heart. He's calling us. He's calling you and me. And so we're going to leave you with this. And I want you to go over to Luke chapter 24 and and we'll close with this. And this is what we're telling you. And we'll come back as, as, as events dictate and even as the Lord just moves on our heart as we feel the, the flow of the Spirit. But we want to leave you with these things. We're going to come out of this. But it's going to be into a whole new world that is different. And, and and there are many things taking place, even as we find ourselves in shutdown right now. And our sh- churches are shut precisely if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, because God is trying to get a hold of his church and redefine the direction that we were headed in and bring us out into the direction that we are headed to now with an understanding, with a anointing, and with the strength to endure in order to walk through the door that waits on the other side of that, which is eternal life and the ages to come. And, and look, this is what we want to leave with, leave you with here. And this is what I want to leave you with is, is this in Luke chapter 24, it's early in the morning, the third day, a resurrection has taken place. Death could not hold the Lord. He's the Lord of glory. There was no sin in him. There was no imperfection. He wasn't perfect. He was perfection personified. He didn't have love. He is love. He is the Lord God Almighty, the only begotten of the Father, the first fruits from the from the dead, the beginning 
of the creation of God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He that lives was dead and is alive forevermore, and he has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Now, look, we're going to come out of this, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you all who are listening this. Let's read this. Luke 24, and we'll close. Verse 1. It says, Upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher. But look how they came, bringing spices, which they had prepared, and certain others were with them. But when they came, they found that the stone had been rolled away. And when they enter in, they find that the body of Jesus was not there. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed about it, suddenly two men in shining garments stood by. They were afraid. They fell down with their faces to the earth. And the angels, these two men, actually, it says. It doesn't say angels. It says two men. I believe this is a, this is a, a foreshadow of what's coming in that they represent Moses and Elijah, but that's for another day. As they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. And what they were told is this. Why do you seek the living from among the dead? And what I'm telling what I'm telling you is what the Lord told them. Look at when they came out to the third day and they came looking for the Lord, their minds were still back in that old way. And they needed to understand that that old way has died, if you will. If you have ears to hear what I'm telling you. The temptation will be to emerge on the other side of this and to bring spices to perfume a dead thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll seek to anoint and perfume something that's that's gone already. It's dead. Don't let them bring you in that direction. The stone has been rolled away. Hallelujah. Yes. For a glorious church, it's going to be revealed to you. Our test is 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 to try and not bring spices to anoint something that's dead. Don't go back to the way it was. Don't let them keep you in the graveyard of their fallen ministries, man. Don't seek the Lord Jesus among the dead. He's not yes. there anymore. He's Hallelujah. not there anymore. He's risen, and he's risen in you. And like Paul said, I forget those things that are behind. I'm I'm reaching forth to that which has been set before me by the Holy Spirit, and I'm pressing to the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. The angel said, don't seek the living among the dead. Don't let them take you back. When you come out on this other side, you go find someone. And if you can't find other believers with like-mindedness who know the hour we're living in, who know what we need to be prepared, who realize what this pandemic, this shutdown at the Passover season and the shutting of our churches in this country has all been about, don't let them take you back. Don't take the precious gifts of the fragrance of the gifts of the spirit that you bring with you and use it in a dead tomb somewhere. Mm. 
he's not there anymore. They yeah. had their run. They had their run of 50, 60 years. And they brought yeah. this country to meshing with political power and, and, and corrupting church houses with their theatrical presentations and no gospel being preached from the pulpit. And subsequently, an entire generation of children have died and been sacrificed on the altar of cultural relevance. Don't, don't let them take you back there, man. Don't let them, don't let them take you back there. It's dead. And God is calling us to embrace a resurrection that is occurring. Yes. 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 He has rolled the stone away from you, for you. Don't go back. Their ministries are death. They will become that fallen away church. They will join themselves as they already have to the systems of men and devils. But he is risen, and he's yes. soon to, and he's soon to come, right? And so they tell him he's not here. In verse six, he says, "He's not here. He's risen." And and he says, "Remember how he told you he's going to go up into Galilee." And then he says this, and then they say this, and he told you that the Son of Man had to be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. But the third day, he's going to rise again. And then they remembered, and they left that sepulcher, that graveyard, and they came to the eleven and to all the rest, and they told them, he's alive, and the church was born. As we reach these final days of, of history, don't go back. God has shut the doors to that if you have eyes to see, and he's going to... When he allows us to come out, he's going to roll the stone away and he's going to reveal himself to you as the resurrected Lord, the real Jesus. He's risen. He's soon to come. And like they told them on that resurrection morning, now go tell everybody he's alive and he's coming again. We love you. Yes. Can you brothers close out? Fernando, any closing statements? Yeah, I sense the presence of the Lord, the 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 prophetic voice of God, the the cry of God that's going forth, that's declaring to the earth, "I'm alive, I'm alive," and and that's what we're sensing. We're sensing an a a powerful, glorious God shaking the earth right now. Hallelujah! The Bible says that heaven heaven is His throne. Hallelujah. And earth is his footstool. Amen. And he's coming back to give back what belongs to him. Amen. (laughs) Me and you belong to him. We belong to him. He is our heavenly father. He is our savior. He is our provider. He is our healer. He is all in all, everything that we need. The same voice that spoke to Moses, is speaking to us today. He is, I am. Amen? I am. He's the one that's speaking. And I sense his presence, and and, uh, again, this is just the the beginning of of what's to come. I know we're closing out this series, but uh, I feel that uh, 
Uh, there's many things that are going to transpire, and the Lord will deal with our hearts, and we'll be coming back to to you, so stay tuned. And, and again, I want to challenge you to go back and listen to these to these podcasts. And, and, and we're going to make a prayer, and Pastor, and I don't know if Jeremiah want to ha- say something before we do, and I feel that we just want to pray for the people. I, I sense that resurrection power, right? Uh, the yes. Apostle Paul said that I may know him, yeah. right? And the power of his resurrection, <laughs> the fellowships of his sufferings, being made conformable Amen. unto his death. Amen. And uh, I just feel his presence. And, and Jeremiah, if you want to say something, you can go ahead and close it, Pastor. I believe that um, these last 24 podcasts that we've done have been a culmination leading up to this very last one to just let you know yes. that Jesus Christ is risen again. And that he's coming back again. And and that is really the only hope that we have to hold on to. And yeah. and like I wanna echo what Brother Marty's been saying is don't go back to that dead and superficial religion because it's just gonna lead you nowhere. But if you can just get anything from this podcast is that Jesus is coming back and that it's very important that we surrender everything to him and follow yeah. him and look for him in the word by ourselves. I challenge each and every one of you guys to continue to listen, to continue to stay in the Word, and continue to submit yourself to what the Spirit of God wants to say in this hour. And I just wanted to close with that. And, and Jeremiah, I, I, I sense, and, and I don't usually do this, but I sense there's some young people listening. God yeah. has been dealing with the young people. They've been searching. And you're a young man yourself, uh, Jeremiah. And mm-hmm. And I want you to speak to your generation, you know, uh, that is coming up. And if you have any words for them as we close this, uh, I want you to share your heart and to speak to them. Mm, I, I believe I believe the Lord is saying that, that this is the time for them to really seek his face. And, and just think about it, because we're all quarantined in the house. And this is the moment that God is drawing those that really want it. He's calling them to them. But it's very few that are going to answer the call. And then I believe that, that God is, is beckoning so many young people right now. So many, God is dealing with so many of them. But it's very few that are going to listen to the call and actually answer the call. But if you do, you'll go through many tribulations. But take heart because Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And then <laughs> if you can get anything from these podcasts, it would just be to seek the face of God while there's yet yeah. still time because yeah. there's coming a time when when the, you're not going to be able to seek God like you have the time to now and there's there's not going to be an answer right now is the time to really seek God and to really see what God is leading you to do because he's calling many of them out of the establishment religion really yes and he's calling them into a relationship and that that blessed fellowship with the father with god a direct connection to jesus christ and not to just some superficial preacher that you see on sunday mornings or some talk show host but he's calling you to a relationship with god the creator of all the glorious god the risen savior that's what he's beckoning to you and so i just pray that you would answer that call and that you would answer to what the Spirit of God is impressing on your heart to do and enter into that fellowship with Him. Because that's the only thing that's going to keep you in this hour. That's the only thing that's going to give you peace as we see the world around us begin to crumble. 
that's the only way that we're going to be saved. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I believe if the disciples were here, they would tell us Jesus is alive and well. Tell everyone you see, tell them for me, Jesus is alive and well. We're going to finish this time with the time of prayers, Brother Fernando. You know, and I believe that that is. But what is the prayer that we're going to make? I believe the prayer that God is asking us to make in this moment is for his resurrection power to fill us this hour. It's that resurrection power to fill you this hour right now, to, to gain strength today to arise and 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 to fill your heart, your very spirit this hour. Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you, Lord, as we have been in this journey, God. It has taken us, as Brother Jeremiah has said, Lord, to this very hour, to this very moment, to let us know that Jesus has risen, that he's alive, and that he's well. And, Father, today I know that you have been dealing with hearts throughout these podcasts, Lord. You have been dealing with with our hearts. You have been dealing with people, Lord, as you are drawing them, as you are calling them. Father, you're calling many of us, Lord, out out of our sepulchers, Lord, and you're calling us to come alive this moment, Lord. Father, I just pray, Lord, that in these next few days, Lord, as your spirit continues to draw us to you, Lord, Father, we want to say, God, forgive us, Lord, and help us to understand, Lord, what you are saying in this hour, God. Let us not take these words for granted, for, Lord, it is your mercy and your grace. It is by it that you speak to us, because you love us, because you're warning us, Lord, of what is to come. But I thank you that in the end, Lord, if we persevere, God, if we are patient, if we take heed to your word, if we are obedient to your word, God, Lord, we will see, Lord, hallelujah, a glorious church come out of this, Lord. A glorious church that is coming out of this, Lord, that has been through Gethsemane, that has been, Lord, through the pressing. I know, Lord, that in these next days, Lord, this is what we're going to face, a pressing, but, Lord, that we will come out of it. And, Lord, a beautiful, glorious church without spot, without blemish will come. And then you will come, Lord, for us, Lord, and take us out of this world. For this is not our world. This is not our home, God. We're just passing by. We're just pilgrims. Lord, we take comfort today in knowing what you told your disciples is what you tell us, Lord. Let not your hearts be troubled. Lord, for you have gone to prepare a place that wherever I go, you shall be there with me. God, you, as you have gone to the Father's house more than 2,000 years ago, Lord, to prepare a place, Lord, that we can be with you forever. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for just keeping us in this hour. This is an hour of trial. There's more to come. But, God, we will make it through. We will make it through in this hour, Lord. Why, Lord? Because you already conquered everything, Lord. You conquered death, hell, and the grave, Lord. You're alive. 
You're alive. You're alive, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. Keep us in this hour. Keep us, Lord, from the hour of temptation. Let us withstand whatever may come, Lord. We could only do it with your help and your grace. We bless every listener. We bless, Lord, every family, Lord, that is listening. Lord, that you would deal with them and touch them wherever they're at, Holy Spirit. That they will find the comfort that they need in this hour to continue to press forward unto the coming of the Lord. We thank you for this time that we have had together in fellowship in your word. And we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's been such a great delight to be with each and every one of you. And we pray that we continue to press on and be looking out. Um, as you know, as, as Brother Marty said, you know, as we feel impressed uh, in the following days, we will come back to you as the Lord impresses. But, but really meditate on this word that has been coming out. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and keep looking up.